Hello ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to VUX World, the Practical Voice Podcast. Now, I'm excited this week because this week we're giving away some free tickets to All About Voice. It is the ultimate voice conference. It's Europe's biggest and best conference. It's happening in Munich. It's on October the 11th. It's the 169 Labs uh, chaps again who are putting it on, Tim Carla and Dominic Meisner. I'm hosting the event, which I'm super excited for. Can't wait to see all of you there. And the chaps at 169 Labs have done us a great favour, as they did last year, in giving us two tickets to give away for free to the VUX World listenership. So, all you need to do to be in with a shout of winning some free tickets to All About Voice is just drop us a tweet on Twitter, obviously, using the hashtag AAV19, AAV19, and all you need to do is just tell us what your best example of a voice experience is that you've seen in 2019. What's the best voice experience that you've come across in 2019? It doesn't have to necessarily be platform specific, doesn't have to be a skill or an action, it could be an app that has a voice interface. Any conversational interface or voice interface that you've seen that you think is really top drawn, top class, send us a tweet, let us know about it, use the hashtag AAV19, and what we'll do is we'll do a little bit of a raffle, we'll pick a winner at random, and we'll announce who's won two free tickets to All About Voice in Munich on October the 11th on next week's show. Thank you, 169 Labs, for the tickets. This episode of VOX World is going to be a belter. We are speaking today to Guillaume Laporte. He is the CEO of Mindsay, and they're helping uh, all kinds of companies in the travel sector handle customer care and customer support through a conversational interface. Now, this discussion is more of a strategic discussion around the kind of use cases that make sense to target for conversational AI, and it's not necessarily just specific to the travel industry, although there's a lot of reference to the travel industry, but there's a lot of things that you can draw for any industry that requires any form of customer care or customer support whatsoever. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Guillaume from Mindsay on VUX World. VUX World. VUX World. VUX World. VUX World. Branding with the big faces. I love listening to it. Kane Sims. Kane Sims. Kane Sims, the one and only. Britain's finest, Mr. Kane Sims. Dustin. Dustin. Dustin Coates. I like it when you guys are together and talking about boys. Without further ado, welcome to the show. Cool. Well, another notch on the proverbial bedpost, Dustin. We're coming thick and fast now. Yeah. I'm I'm excited about this one. I think we've got uh, someone good on the on the line to talk to us about customer care, which actually I don't think is a topic that we've covered before. Conversational customer care. No, no, I don't think it is actually. So this will be um, a first for me, as well as hopefully I'm imagining so quite a lot of of the listeners as well. So yeah, let's do this. So welcome, Guillaume, to the podcast. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolute pleasure. So mindset. Tell us, tell well. Let's let's back up. Let's 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 tell us a little bit about yourself first, Guillaume, and then we'll we'll cover mindset after that. So, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do, and and kind of how you've kind of got involved with mindset and your kind of history and and all that kind of stuff. For sure. Well, um, I'll try to make that short so we can get into the the the, the core of the topic. So, uh, my name is Guillaume. I'm a French guy based in Paris. Um, I come more for the travel and travel tech space, you know, worked for a few companies in that space before and, and also studied uh, that industry. I was always really 
interested in, in, in tech and AI and everything, you know, that is pretty innovative. Um, and I launched with two of my co-founders mindset in 2016. So we are, we're getting to our third year actually on, on Friday, uh, for the company. And, um, and yeah, how did we get into that? So essentially we were really excited about the, the bot, chat bot, voice bot, you know, trend that started back in 2016 after the Mark Zuckerberg keynote about Facebook messenger. And, um, we thought it would be really interesting to focus a lot the the direction and the product of the company that you wanted to start in a specific industry. So having worked for Expedia and for travel companies, uh, we were brainstorming with my two co-founders and realized that there were some really great use cases. You know, I'll get more in details about that later on, obviously, but, uh, it, it was a great industry to work on the conversational AI and customer care space. Um, and we created Mindsay at the time it was called Destigo, um, to help companies, essentially travel companies to scale their customer operations at scale using conversational AI. Um, and you know, it's been three years, uh, really exciting growth. Uh, you know, we're now a team in, in, in multiple countries of uh, more than 60 people, you know, growing, uh, doubling every year. So things are, are going well. And who are some of the customers that you're working with right now? So essentially we, we provide a conversational AI technology to deploy chat and voice bots and interfaces for travel, large travel companies. So we work with large airlines, for example, in Spain, we work with Iberia and Vueling, uh, in, in French, in France, we work more with local airlines. Um, you might've heard of French B or Air Caribbean. Um, we work with large airport operators, rails companies, mobility companies, hotel groups, essentially every companies that have a lot of challenges in the customer care space where the, the customer experience and the customer service is a, is a strong differentiator as a company. And, uh, and where the pain points actually that we have as, as, as travelers and as customers are really big, you know, they can be really annoying. So when you say customer care, uh, and the customer operations side of things, are you talking every single kind of customer facing thing as in even booking the travel in the first place? Or are you talking about the kind of like the fallout, the kind of like the, the contact that stems from things going wrong, like complaints or, you know, wondering why a flight was canceled or whatever. Are you talking about like the fallout from the operation? Or are you talking about any kind of touch customer touch point? Yeah. So that's the difference between customer care and customer support. So customer support is actually, you know, the, the after booking or the after experience where you have some complaints or some questions or, um, and, and we, when we talk about customer care is pre, uh, during and post experience, post booking, post stay, depending on which companies you talk to. Um, so it's every single touch points where there is currently a human and you can actually automate that conversation using conversational AI through chat or through voice. And what's the, what's the value of bringing conversational to the customer care side? What benefits are the customer receiving and the company receiving? Yeah. So for the customer, it's pretty obvious is essentially you get 24 seven instantaneous response, um, about your questions, about your inter interrogations. So it's, it's, we've all been there, you know, your, your flight get canceled or your train is delayed or, 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 or your, or your hotel booking didn't go through, you know, like those things happen. Um, and, or you're, you're on the website and like the payment didn't go through anything. Um, you don't want to call a call center 
or send an email and get and get an automatic reply that send, that tells you that you're going to get response in 24 hours. So the advantage for a user, since they're very compressed by the time pressure that they have uh, related to the trip or to the travel experience, uh, you can solve these pain points a lot of the times using conversational AI. So, you know, you have a delay with your, with your, with your flight, you chat on messenger or on the, on the live chat on the website or on, on through text messages or, or, or on WhatsApp. And, you know, you ask about how long is the delay? If you're, um, if you can have a compensation, if they can rebook you, um, you know, all, all those types of things. And in, I would say 80% of the cases we're about, we're able to provide an instantaneous response in, in the, in the shortest delay possible. So in a few seconds rather than, than hours or days, um, for the company, it's, it's also very clear. The, the idea is to scale their customer support and customer care operations. So if you run like a, a customer care operation at an airline, you have customer sent customer call centers, you know, for, for emails and for, for calls and those agents, they are available all year, but the more you grow, the more you open, uh, you, you buy more planes or you open new destinations, you'll eventually have to hire more agents. So we help them scale their current team without the cost associated because obviously a bot technology costs much less than a human. So we don't necessarily cut the existing teams, but we more help them scale because They'll, they'd already like, will not cut it enough so that they can like get rid of hundred people in the customer care, for example. So that frees them up to move to the higher value customers or the customers with perhaps the more complex requests. Definitely. So we, we differentiate between you know, level one, level two and level three types of requests from the user. The bot will be able, so most of the bots that you see out there from any sort of provider or, or technology, um, they can, they can answer level one, you know, level one is FAQ. You ask a question, you get a response. Um, the level two is a little bit more complicated because it's a, it's a case where there's a variable, like, can I cancel? Well, sometimes you can, sometimes you can't. Can I modify, you know, modifying a booking can cost and, and have additional, um, uh, requirements. And in that case, the, the bot, the AI, it needs to be connected to the back end of the system and be able to actually trigger an action for the user. And that's where we differentiate ourselves is that our bots and, and the technology that we provide allow companies to do those level two use cases for, the, for, for their customers. And level three is the cases that happen and that require a human touch point because it, it is an exception. It is something where you need the empathy of a human. Um, you need to, you know, take into consideration other factors, other, other parts of the context that an AI could never, could never get. And how much of the work do you do in the setup and stuff like that? Is that also some of the value that you bring is, is the conversation design element and the, and all of the kind of design and implementation side of things, or do you, is it more kind of like an off the shelf thing where you sell the software and then the client kind of configures it themselves? How does that kind of work? So actually both models work within the company. Um, Mindset, we have some customers that only access the platform and have plug and play use cases to, to, to deploy on different channels and they configure it themselves if they want to personalize it. Uh, some customers that, you know, buy professional services and our team help them to customize and deploy uh, everything. Um, 
I think the, the the best is in the future in my in the vision that I have of how companies are going to really crack this conversational AI topic is by a, com- a combination of the two. So um, they'll be able to work with providers that already have identified the use case and the challenges. They'll be able to take the on the shelf products and personalize it internally with design resources or with preferred partner that they like to work with to redesign the flows, redesign the answers, redesign the, the, the use, the UX of the, of, of the bots. Uh, but essentially that's where we think that it's going and we have designed the entire technology and the processes internally to allow that. I know, I think all companies like to think that they're special and that they're snowflakes, but you work with a lot of companies across the travel space. Do you find that the requests that customers are coming in, they're more similar than not, or is this a bespoke thing for each individual company that you're working with? Hmm. We, we definitely see uh, a number of topics and, and use cases that are very common among the companies because, you know, if you think about it, like you as a, as a customer, you don't behave so differently when you travel with airline A or traveling with airline B. Um, so that's essentially what we, 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 we notice. Um, then the companies, um, they all have the same needs. At some point they want to automate and they know already what their customer needs. They know what they need to automate. They just need to find the right challenge and the right tool for that. So we, we, you know, we help them because we've already identified the use case and we have also this, this on the shelf brick that can solve that use case for our customers. And how then, how do you get people or how do your clients get people to use this conversational interface? What are the entry points into it? You've mentioned you've reeled a few off there, like WhatsApp, Facebook Messenger, et cetera. But how will a user actually enter that experience at what point in their journey and how do they actually get to For it? Sure. So it, it's definitely the, the biggest challenge is how do we change the behavior of the customers and, you know, bring those great experiences to them. Um, it's, 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 it's a challenge that's, it's more in the hand of the companies that use our, our, our technology. Uh, but we realize that, you know, users, we, they go where they feel comfortable going and we'll go on the website. Usually that's the first point of entry. When we have a question about a brand, you know, we'll, we'll go on, on their website and we'll, try to find the answer or try to find a, a way to contact them. Um, so we've, we've realized, we've noticed that a very good way to engage with, with people uh, using conversational AI is just to substitute the regular widgets uh, of the live chat, like intercom that they have on their website. And we'll put a live chat that is actually a bot. Uh, and it will have chat and voice capabilities embedded within the widget. Um, so we, we, we do, you know, we do a blend of, of both of those. Um, and that's where we realize that the most traffic comes from because that's where people will go. And then there's a lot of tricks to engage people on different interfaces, um, about, you, you know, about, uh, for example, when you, when you go on the confirmation, you confirm your booking page, you can like send the, send the message to WhatsApp or to messenger to activate the, the, the bots. Um, similar to, to, I think some companies are, are already doing this with, with Amazon Alexa and Google home, you know, you can trigger, uh, an action on, on, on Google assistant 
from the confirmation page and all those things. So there's a number of features that companies can trigger to create the engagements. But if it's more like a, an, a proactive thing, if it's not a proactive thing for the company, but more a passive thing, okay, com- customers can come and talk to us. The website is a great point of entry. And are you doing, so the messenger platforms make sense and, and certainly on the website that makes sense as well. Are you also doing customer care on the voice first platforms also? So not so much um, to be, so, you know, like voice Alexa and, and Google assistant are not necessarily the go-to for customer care. So, for, so far, you know, like I, I, I don't really see myself um, in, in, in my living room asking something about the support of, of a product or a service that I, that I buy. Um, but I'm sure we'll get there eventually. Uh, it makes sense, you know, because it's, it's pretty intuitive. Um, it's, it's just, I think the UX is not perfect for that because the, 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 the support and the care answers are usually slightly too long for voice. So, you know, we are adding now screens on, 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 on the smart speakers and, 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 you know, now the telecom companies, they, they, they plug smart speakers into your TVs. So you have the screen as well, supporting your, the, the, the UX, but, um, I, 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 we haven't done that. And I think it's, uh, it's, it's, it's going to come when it comes, you know? Yeah. I could certainly see some use cases there. You know, I, uh, travel quite a lot and, uh, if I were able to ring up Air France, which is my uh, airline of choice, asking how many miles I have, uh, do I have any checked baggage available to me? I could certainly see that sure. being able to provide a bit of a, a guidepost there. Uh, yeah, but interestingly, the thing that you meant, the use cases that you mentioned are pretty, pretty cool, but we don't necessarily cu- cust- con- cons- like consider that customer support is definitely care, but it's what we call more enhanced services. Like if you want to have access to your miles or those kind of things, um, um, it's, it's a service, you know, that they currently provide to you. Um, and it's not something that if you don't get a respond, you'll not be, you'll not be disappointed by the brand, you know, for, 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 for that thing. It's so, so it's a plus, it's not a minus, but it's a plus. So would you say, could we sum up what Mindsay is doing and trying to minimize the minuses? Yeah, for sure. For companies, at least in the travel space for now. Yeah. That's interesting. So, and, and most of that then is, presumably dealing with the fallout from, from when something goes wrong. Is that, is that how you would classify it? Um, Not necessarily when something goes wrong, because, you know, we see, for example, you know, going back to the use cases of airlines, uh, we see a lot of customers asking about, you know, pre flight stuff, you know, they'll ask like how much, how much weight can I carry in my luggage? Um, you know, how, how do I do if I want to travel with my pet? You know, all those little questions that you might have, prior to your trip rather than after when something wrong, when something goes wrong. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it really depends. That's why we're saying like pre, during and post experience. And now you've been doing this for a few years now, and you mentioned you've been in the, you were in travel industry before really inspired by the rise of messaging. Were you surprised by anything over the past few years? Um, I would say it's maybe because I haven't, I haven't experienced any other, any previous, you know, big changes in the interfaces. Like I, I was too young when the 
the big boom of the internet happened or, or, or when we, sh when we shifted uh, from, from websites to apps and it's still a shift that is in progress. You know, a lot of companies still make most of their money on, 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 on websites rather than mobile apps. Um, I think uh, what I was surprised is the um, adoption of new interfaces is actually pretty slow. Although the technology is available really quickly, um, the adoption of the user is, is, is actually not that quickly. Um, interestingly enough, it's only when the technology is really adopted that companies can really flourish from this, you know, that new services comes to life. If you think about it, um, Uber would, would have never existed before mobile app democratizations. Um, you know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't order a Uber on your, on your desktop. You know, the fact that it, 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 it existed because we had, you know, the, 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 the app store already in place for, I don't know exactly how many years, I guess like minimum four or five years. Um, so I, I think the big boom where a lot of new innovative services will come to life will definitely come in a couple of years. You know, it's only, it's only been two and a half years since we sort of invent, you know, the, the Alexa and the, the messenger interfaces, um, you know, WeChat has been going more aggressively also in that space. So it's, um, it, what, what I was surprised is the, the speed at which it gets shot. That's interesting. Cause I, I always remember um, reading, it was years ago, there was an article about Facebook and what made Facebook eventually kind of catch on. And what it was saying is that, I think it, this this might have been from Mark Zuckerberg, and he said, he said that what people on Facebook need is a minimum of 10 friends. And if you have 10 friends on the network, there is enough content generated to for something to have changed next time you come back so there's almost like a, a threshold so if you have less than 10 you might not use it and adopt it and, and use it half as much as someone who has 10 friends so it's kind of like it's almost as if what you're kind of getting at is is along those kind of lines almost as if there needs to be the infrastructure and the audience in place before the ecosystem adds the kind of value that we talk about it adding. Whereas the other train of thought is that you hear a lot of people saying, oh, well, all Alexa's waiting for is just the killer app. And then this one app will all of a sudden bring people to the platform. But it seems as though what you're kind of getting at is that actually, no, the platform needs to be sustainable and have usage itself before all of this stuff can happen. I, is that right? Uh, that's definitely it. Yeah, it's definitely this way. Um, and, and, and it's funny because, you know, I, in every in everything, we always expect this sort of boom at some point, you know, this sort of massive change. Uh, but it actually, when you, when you realize, and when you think about it, you know, it happens everywhere in, in business and nature and economics. And it, it, it actually took a longer processes to happen. Um, and yeah, similar when, when people say like, we're going to launch, you know, an Alexa app that's going to change our entire company, uh, or change the way people use that and that, um, it's actually, it's actually not true. It's, it, if it happens, it's because it was years of educations and changes and innovations and people that scratch their head for hours to find the solution. Then considering that, that you're not changing a company overnight, uh, when you speak with these companies, are they mainly coming to you? Are you going to them? And how do you convince them that conversational customer care is something that they need to invest in? 
For sure. Um, so we have a mix, I would say, of inbound and outbound. We go to certain events where we can meet with them. And, you know, some will eventually reach out to us when they realize that they have a pain point in, in that area. Um, the way we approach it from a very macro perspective, and we say, okay, look, customers now from, from digital, we want from digital products an instantaneous and personalized experience. This is, this is definitely like when you go on your, on your Netflix, you don't expect, you expect to reach very, you know, with a, with a, with, with the thing, the shows that you like in the right order. And, you know, with just a couple of clicks, you're watching something that you started before Amazon, same thing. You go on Amazon. It's almost like the thing you were going to get to get on Amazon is already in the front page. Uh, Those types of experiences, that's what we expect now from digital platforms or website apps and, 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 and eventually voice and, and messaging apps. So, um, we're, we're, we're going to, to companies and we're saying, okay, your, your business needs to get to that very fast because other companies will do that in the space, maybe with us, maybe with someone else, maybe with other technologies, but, um, but you need to get there as soon as possible. And a good way to do that, a quick win is actually to deploy conversational AI for customer care. Because if people want to reach out to you, at least they'll feel like they have some sort of presence, some sort of care. Okay, it's a bot, but you know, you've been through the trouble of building a good bot. Um, so it's, it's already a first step towards this instantaneous personalized relationship with the brands. And we know that you know, at, for the same cost, you know, we'll go always to the companies that provide the right care. Um, otherwise, whenever you order something on Amazon, you should order it on on Alibaba or AliExpress, it's usually cheaper, but you know, the quality or the support might not be there. So you keep on buying stuff on Amazon. Is there any, um, you mentioned that it seems as though, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems from your kind of previous statement that you're seeing the chat bot on the website be the main kind of driver. And we've been talking about the adoption of technologies and selling it to companies and things like that. What other platforms aside from the website, chat experience what other platforms do you think have been either gaining traction or which ones do you think have the the best opportunities for either your client base or other organizations that that require this kind of solution so um i i strongly believe in and at mindset we strongly believe that um, the best way to create a great conversational ai experience is to do a blend of chat voice and traditional interfaces. So when we put a widget on the website that has voice and chat capabilities is actually that, you know, you have to, you have, you know, your bot can redirect you to a content that is very rich that is displayed on your entire page, but you can also ask your question using tests, you're using text. If you're in an environment that allows it, or you can click on the voice button and ask your question with voice. Um, another interface similar to that is mobile apps. Inside mobile app, you embed, um, you know, a widget, a sort of a, a, a flying toggle that has voice and chat capabilities, and you help customers navigate to them. It's a little bit similar to what Siri is trying to do with Siri actions. You know, you, you ask Siri to open up an app at, at a certain stage, etc. It will do. Um, it's just that in, instead of the problem with Siri 
actions in, 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 I think is that it's not a reflex for people to go on Siri, but they'll go on the app of the brand that, that they want to, to go in. So if I, for, for example, go on a mobile app of retailers, you know, I want to be able to click on a button and say what I want. I want to be able to, to type down my search, uh, in, using natural language, like I was asking to a vendor. Um, and similar for travel, you know, if I, if I go to the mobile app of a rail or an airline or hotel company, um, you know, I, I don't want to go through an FAQ or, or send an email or start a live chat and wait for someone to reply. I'd rather use the voice capability and the app will take me to the right place. So I think that's the kind of interfaces, uh, web and, uh, mobile where there is a, like a very rich experience for the user. What about email and traditional phone uh, based systems? Is that something that MindSay does now or is looking into in the future? Um, no, actually we haven't thought about this too much. Uh, so regarding emails, um, I'm not sure it's, it's, it's a great interface and the numbers back me, you know, if you, if you look at the, the growth of email for, for at least B2C, you know, for B2B we'll use email to send, send stuff to people, but for, for B2C, it's actually declining now. Um, and, 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 and so I, I believe that, you know, investing in that space might not be the best solution. It's actually where there's a lot of volume. So there is an opportunity to tackle, but it's not where we're going to have growth and, and new usage in the future. Um, regarding phones, it's, it's the similar, it's the similar, you know, outcome conclusion. I, I think it's a, it's a great interface because there's a lot of people coming in and, you know, building new EVR is something that should happen for sure. Uh, but it's not where there's going to keep, it's not where we're going to have growth. And I don't think that's the type of experiences we want to invest in. So it's just a matter of focus and priority at some point. And, you know, be looking at the numbers. Do you think that um, over time there will be a proliferation of channels that kind of absorb existing demand? So, for example, you're saying that maybe it's the phone phone lines and investing in conversational AI in the phone lines might not be a good idea if that's not a kind of growth area. But if, if, if there is going to be or will there be, do you think, sustained demand on the phones, whether it's increasing or not, let's say that the phone is one channel that has current demand. The website is another channel that has current demand. Uh, maybe we've got Facebook Messenger or something that's, that's starting to soak up some demand. And then you've got some places with face-to-face -face offices, other places maybe using Alexa. So there's a, there's a, a and then there's emails. There's a proliferation of all these different channels, all beginning to potentially gather a bit of demand. Do you think that we'll see kind of all of the demand on a company's customer services, if you like, spread across all of these channels, and that's how it will pan out in the future. There'll be more and more channels. Or do you think that some channels like the phone might dwindle and other channels might soak up more of that demand? How do you see that? I think it will out? definitely like some sort of uh, merge into a few. Uh, and we see actually some of some, some companies, some that are our customers or some that are not our customers, but we just discussed with them for different topics. Um, and they try to, you know, merge all of them. So they'll eventually, you know, erase their, their mobile, their, their, their phone number. So customers cannot reach out to them on the phone. Um, they'll erase their 
support at blah, blah, blah.com email address. And they'll just say, okay, now all the demands come through live chat, for example. Um, and we have some that do the opposite. They cut the live chat because it requires too much human time and they'll eventually say, okay, it's only emails and people have to wait. It's uh, so it's, it's, it definitely has some advantages to merge the channels into one. Um, and I think a lot of companies will go there because at, at some point, you know, you know, your brand, you, you know, the type of service you want to provide to the people, you know, if you're, if you're like a low cost type of company, maybe you're going to go more for like email where you don't care if it's too long. If you're more high margin type of company, even luxury, you might, you know, provide more personalized interfaces. So it can maybe, maybe chat, maybe phone. Um, but I, I definitely see companies as they understand their, their identity and they focus the scale better, they'll eventually merge, merge their touch points into a few. And Guillaume, uh, Mindsay raised a series A recently. Congratulations. Yeah. Uh, so obviously you've given a lot of thought as to where Mindsay is headed, but also where the industry is headed overall. Where do you see this industry headed? It depends about which industry do we talk. We, I, I, I assume we talk about conversational AI. You know, we're we're, we're definitely uh, on, on on the Vox on the Vox world. So um, I see definitely that it's 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 gonna it, we're gonna go there. We're, we're we're getting there eventually. It's we cannot if we think for five five seconds. Okay, is the world gonna be more conversational? Yes, for sure. Um, do we have like AI capabilities to make that work conversational AI? Yes, for sure. So it's just a matter of adoption and the rate at which the, the usage and the technology spread. Um, so at Mindsay, we strongly believe that. And, you know, I've, I've, I've mentioned a few, a few things that we believe in. So a blend of different interfaces, uh, you know, going into only a few touch points rather than, than, than multiplying different touch points. And so we're helping companies scale their customer care uh, using conversational AI on specific chat and voice channels. And we try to innovate in that space by, you know, merging those experiences. So I mentioned the web, I mentioned the app where we're really present and we're building great experiences for our customers. Have you got any examples of companies who are really grabbing the bull by the horns and making this front and center or are most companies using it as a kind of a way of experimenting to see whether or not this kind of technology does do what it's intended to do, which is help either soak up some demand placed on humans or extend customer services into new channels? Are people kind of doing this to experiment or have you seen some people go completely full in and, and go for it? So there's definitely some, some companies and some, some teams and large corporates that are going, that are really serious about this. Um, and, uh, those are, are the ones that we like to work with or that actually like we look up as a, as an example of, you know, for as a use case, um, to, to answer to your point, I think all companies and all users are experimenting. You know, like that, that's the, we, we, if you, if you talk to almost anyone, uh, I mean, e even people that are much less digital native, they'll, they'll have, they'll, they'll have tried bot at some point, you know, you, 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 they'll have tried it. Maybe they didn't like it. Maybe they did, but they, 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 they've tried it for sure. So customers and, and users are exper experimenting. 
companies are definitely experimenting, sometimes very little, sometimes a little bit more broadly. And there are some companies that are really serious about it. Um, I guess a good example of that is uh, in France, at least, is the rail company in France. Uh, you know, in, in, in France, like in the UK, we travel a lot with, with train. Uh, distances are pretty short and, and, and although they're not always on time, it's pretty convenient. Um, and uh, it's called We SNCF. Uh, as and uh, we is pretty serious about their conversational AI strategy. So they're present on all voice speakers, um, chat interfaces. Uh, they're present on their website. They have like done this this blend of search and and voice and chats on on their white page. It's called the WeBot, and you, like you have a full page experience where you ask, find me a train from Paris to London tomorrow, and it will display you the results. Uh, on the on the main page, so I think they are pretty serious about it. But it's a huge investment. Like they're they I think they're a team of about twenty people. Um, they've been they've been they've been on it for the past four years at least. Uh, so it's it's definitely a big investment for a company. Um, but eventually, companies will get there. You know, you you now you, you talk to any companies that have a big team in charge of the website, a big team in charge of, of the of the mobile app. So eventually they'll have a conversational AI team that take care of, of, of chat and voice interfaces for sure. And what was the the reasoning, the initiative behind we SNCF? Was that to aim at a younger audience? Was that to reduce cost? Or they looking to achieve there? So you know I I, I cannot really speak for them, for sure. Um, I, I think at, at the beginning, it was like everyone, you know, to try some stuff. Uh, but they, they wanted to be leading the, 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 the speech sort of, you know, leading, showing the way uh, to, to, to a lot of the, of, the, of the French ecosystem. And they've been doing that really great. And, and you know, they have a good uh, head of product that, that thinks very pragmatically about, about those things. Um, yeah, I guess it's a mix of, of experimentation, uh, business challenges and technological opportunities. And if companies wanted to get started with converse, uh, conversational customer care outside of uh, using Mindsay, obviously that's one of the For steps. Sure. What are one or two things that they can get started with now? Um, I'd say, you know, get your data straight. Like a lot of companies, they say, oh, we need to improve our customer care operations. Customer support is not efficient, et cetera, et cetera. And simple stuff like, okay, how many emails do you get per month? How many calls do you get per month? In which languages do you support your customers? Um, where are they based? How many agents do you have currently working? Uh, how they split among the languages, among the locations? Uh, how do you train them? How much they cost per touch point? You know, those types of things are the things really useful. And if you have all of those in a, in a dashboard and chart, then you see where you can actually automate and where you can bring value. You know, which use cases can actually be automated, which ones are waste of time. We're in waste of time for the user and waste of time for the agent because the agent don't want to repeat the same thing over and over again. Um, so, so you, you know, that's, that's definitely the advice that I would give to any business person that works for a large or a small company and that want to get, get into this, you know, I, I, I tell them get as much as you can, your numbers straight, and then you can really start thinking about automating and working with providers and partners to, to, to make that happen. Yeah. Can any, any other questions on your side? 
Not for me. That it's been really, really interesting. I've really, really enjoyed that. Thank you so much. Yeah, well, thank you for having me. I hope uh, you know I could provide some 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 informations. Well, we haven't talked too much about voice, but you know, conversational AI is in the topic. So, and it's it's been a lot about about the strategic implementation of conversational AI. That the the actual interface, whether it's text or voice specifically, is the thing that comes further down the line. I think the discussion we've been having is more about the strategic angle of using conversational AI in general and the use cases in which it makes sense and how to go about implementing. I think it's been a more of a strategic discussion rather than a interface discussion, which I think has been really good. For sure. So, where can people check you out then, Guillaume? If if uh, you know if they want to either follow Mindset or get in touch with Mindset, reach out to you if they want to work with you or, or track the kind of stuff that you've been doing. What's the best people for? Where's the best place for people to to reach you and your team? Yeah, for sure. So uh, I guess LinkedIn is a good channel for that. Uh, you know, go on our on our LinkedIn page, follow us. We you know post a few articles. Um, you know, on our blog, we talk specifically about the use cases and the the things that we do for, for, for in, in, in our space. Um, and, you know, if people want to reach out by email, I mean, I might get, I might not respond right away, but uh, Guillaume at mindset.com, um, you know, always available. Thank you so much, Guillaume. This was fantastic. Well, thank you, Dustin. Thank you, Kane, for having me. Thank you, Guillaume, for joining us there. That was, that was a really good discussion. I think that we maybe didn't cover a lot on voice specifically but what we did cover I think that was actually valuable that we haven't covered for quite some time was more around the strategic side of things so you know why would you want to invest in conversational AI in the first place what kind of use cases make sense where are customers find or clients finding success where are customers interacting with these uh, these conversational interfaces and I think that the, the interface side of it comes a little bit further down the track as I was saying once you've established the strategy and the reasons for doing it in the first place and I think that still even his advice towards the end there in terms of what you should do if you're considering introducing a conversational interface in terms of tracking what's going on right now and how many bodies have you got serving how many use cases and what kind of use cases and how much is it costing you and all that kind of stuff this is all the kind of stuff that you would do regardless of what the ultimate interface is whether it's check text or voice the aims around doing it are still the same it's to either scale your customer services operation as Guillaume was talking about um, or to reduce costs uh, and serving more people with less bodies or whatever it might be so the process of going the process that you would go through is the same regardless of what the ultimate interface is so I really enjoyed uh, really enjoyed that chat I think it was really really enlightening and really interesting so thank you Guillaume for joining us I hope that was interesting for you as well and thank you Dustin as always and always boys and girls thank you all for listening until next time See you later.